0: I'm Ted Britton with Raptor B Farming Ranch in Palestine, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: This is Texas Ag Today, the number one source for the latest news in Texas agriculture. The largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State covers it all from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Here's today's top stories.
0: For agriculture producers in the Texas High Plains, a big change in the weather is coming. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today.
2: Mexico's failure to comply with the treaty has caused Texas' last sugar plant to close its doors. I'm Jessica Dolmull and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: A status report on the winter wheat crop in West Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti and we'll go to the South Plains of West Texas on Texas Ag Today. Now,
4: here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello Texas, why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Be sure to hold on tight because it all starts right now. Placements took a drop in Friday's cattle on feed report coming in 7% below this same month a year ago. USDA Livestock Analyst Shale Shagum says there are a couple of reasons for the drop.
0: The number of cattle outside feedlots is, is small relative to a year ago. You're down about 4%. So to some extent, it, it does reflect pulling a number of cattle from a smaller pool. The other thing you have to remember is that you know we did have some weather events during January, which probably had some impact on the pace of placements of cattle into the feedlots.
4: Here's a rundown of Friday's Cattle on Feed report. The total number of cattle on feed now sits at 11.8 million head, only about 40,000 head higher than last year. Placements were at 1.8 million head, 7% lower than a year ago, and marketings were unchanged from a year ago.
0: However, uh, we did have one extra slaughter day in January. So if you make the comparison on uh, on a per day basis, marketings were actually about 5% below a year ago.
4: That's USDA Livestock Analyst Shale Shagum. Texas sheep producers sheared more than 200,000 sheep and lambs last year, producing more than 1.25 million pounds of wool.
2: According to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the sheep industry sheared 15% fewer lambs last year, producing 19% less wool than in 2023. The average fleece weight in Texas last year was 6.1 pounds. That's down from 2022. USDA estimates the total value of Texas wool production in 2023 at $2.38 million. That's 10% lower than in 2022. The wool price per pound averaged $1.90, up 12%. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domo.
4: Texas farmers can sign up for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program starting this week. Sign-up officially starts on Wednesday. The DMC program provides dairy producers with price support to help offset milk and feed price differences. Payments can begin as soon as March 4th for any payments that were triggered back in January. The Farm Service Agency has revised the regulations for DMC to allow eligible dairy operations to make a one-time adjustment to established production history. The adjustment will be accomplished by combining previously established supplemental production history with DMC production history for those dairy operations that participated in supplemental DMC during the prior coverage year. Those changes were authorized by the 2018 Farm Bill Extension passed by Congress. A big change in the weather is coming for farmers and ranchers in the High Plains. James Hunt has more from Amarillo.
0: You've heard the old saying, all good things must come to an end. Well, Mike Gittinger of the National Weather Service's Amarillo office tells us El Nino is weakening.
5: And the anticipation is that by the time we get to... Fall, certainly, if not somewhere in the summer, we're going to transition pretty quickly into a La Nina event.
0: Of course, we typically associate La Nina weather patterns with dry conditions in the Texas High Plains, although Gittinger says it's too early to say how intense or long-lasting the next La Nina will be. Hopefully, we'll get some more moisture out of El Nino before it completely departs, but in terms of how well it has performed up to this point, Gittinger says this El Nino delivered some good rains, although it was a bit inconsistent.
5: We started really seeing the influence of it in May and early part of June, and we had an extremely wet period. We were anticipating that would continue, and for part of the Panhandles, they kind of did. But a lot of us in the central and southwest Panhandle, the rain shut off the rest of the summer, and so we went into a little dry period, and that lasted into the fall. And then December, it seemed like we kind of got in a more typical El Nino pattern again, and then we ended up with uh, above normal rain so far this winter. And one event in particular, uh, in the middle of December, we had anywhere from one to two inches of rain in the southwest to three to five inches of rain in the eastern part of the Panhandles, and that's a whole winter season's worth of precip in one event. So it's been inconsistent, but it certainly for the most part got us out of drought categories. I think there's maybe a little bit of abnormally dry areas starting to show up in the Southwest again, but it did its job. It was inconsistent, but we had some very wet periods in there and it did its job as people would hope as far as helping the drought situation.
0: That's Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
4: Mexico's failure to comply with a water treaty has caused Texas' only sugar mill to shut down. Jessica Dommel has that story.
2: The last remaining sugar operation in Texas is closing its doors. Why? Water. On February 22nd, Rio Grande Valley sugar growers announced that after 51 years of growing and processing sugarcane into raw sugar, the recently completed harvest and milling season will be its last. They say that for over 30 years now, farmers in South Texas have been battling with Mexico's failure to comply with the 1944 water treaty. The sugar growers said without reliable supplies of irrigation water, the necessary crop insurance provisions and administrative guidelines to maintain acres, they have no choice but to close their doors. We recently discussed the 1944 Water Treaty and the impact the lack of irrigation water is having on farmers in the Valley with U.S. Congressman Henry Cuellar of Texas.
6: This issue with the water has been going on for many years. In fact, when I was Texas secretary of state, this was a big issue with the state of Texas and Mexico. So it's one of those things that you sit down with Mexico and say, hey, you got to comply. You got to comply. And as you know, under the treaty, they have up to five years where they can pay off the water debt and then they get behind again. Then they have five years of pay. And it's a cycle that we've seen every five years. This last couple of years has been extremely difficult for us and then the Mexicans claim for them also, but nevertheless, they have to comply.
2: The congressman said when he and other members of the Texas delegation went to Mexico City to meet with the Mexican president, he did bring up the issue.
6: They said they're going to look into it. But it's one of those things that in Congress, and I know I've signed in uh, resolutions with other members of Congress urging the State Department to take a stronger position with Mexico because this is something that's affecting our ranchers and farmers. And of course, it could affect our cities also because you got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that depend on the water. And certainly, as we're going through this process, I've told the citrus fruit growers, and other folks as we're going through that let's also make sure that we do conservation steps we find you know drip irrigation like they do in this room let's take every steps that we need to to make sure that we're prepared as mexico as we're trying to get mexico uh, to do more on its part
2: for the texas farm bureau radio network i'm jessica Domel
4: the winter wheat crop in texas is looking pretty good this year
3: Tom Nicoletti goes out to West Texas for an update. It is late February on the South Plains of Texas, and that's where we find Eddie Griffiths, who's reporting from the Lubbock area. And Eddie, how's that winter wheat crop looking uh, at this point in its growth?
7: Well, Tom, so far it's starting to come out of the winter stage and feels more like spring so it looks like it's starting to grow and has some moisture underneath it and at the rate some of this wheat is growing some moisture in the near future would be good for it and places snow a few weeks ago really made a difference in some of this wheat crop whether it be for cover or for grazing for the most part going into spring looks like a good wheat crop whether it be dry land or irrigated and Definitely beneficial as we encounter higher winds here in West Texas.
3: Yes, those winds will start picking up even more so as uh, you go into the month of March. Isn't that usually the case?
7: That is correct, Tom. Usually we usually start seeing a lot more wind and having that weed out there for cover and also for grazing is definitely beneficial for the area. And you like to see a case where the weed is staying in front of the uh, livestock, or the be cattle or whatever out there on it for it to be able to grow and, and stay ahead of that is always a good deal and for insurance purposes those guys that are grazing they have usually until march 15th to pull those animals off so You'll probably see some really good growth of wheat here in
3: West Texas. Yes, that certainly is beneficial for the cattle as they graze at this stage.
7: Yeah, it is. And for those going for a graze-out period, that'll definitely be a little longer than what we're used to in West Texas, unless it just turns off hot and dry. But I figure we still have a little more winter left here in this area.
3: Eddie, thanks for your report. Thank you, Tom. That's Eddie Griffiths. He's reporting for us today on the South Plains of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Spring light temperatures
8: means ag producers will be busy. This is Dr. Simon McLellan and I'll have Laura from Waco.
4: Spring calving is underway for spring calving cows. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up.
1: These stories plus a look at the markets are straight ahead on Texas Ag Today.
0: Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years.
1: We're making Texas agriculture great again. This is Texas Ag Today.
4: Spring-like temperatures have kept farmers busy in central Texas. Dr. Shane McClellan has this report from McLennan County.
8: With ample moisture and sunny days, late February is a busy time for our area producers. Since January 1, McLennan County residents have received anywhere from 4 up to 6 inches. The wet conditions have kept our small grain producers out of the fields and they're badly needing to get into 5th to top-dress wheat with nitrogen. As of February 19th, we have had a 5-day average soil temperature of 54.4 degrees at a depth of 4 inches. That means it's time to plant corn in the Central Texas Blackland area. With the warmer temperatures and the moisture, Weeds are starting to germinate and emerge, and that'll be another thing producers have to think about controlling with this big flush of weeds coming on that will need to be managed. We had a frost the morning of February 19th, but warmer weather is forecasted in the near future. Wheat notes have finally begun to grow vertically. I take canopy measurements in our McLennan County Hard Red Winter Wheat Variety Trial. Across all varieties, the canopy establishment and growth has increased by at least 30%. In the last two weeks, some variety canopy growth has increased as much as 50%. The cool and wet weather has held small grains in check, but these warmer soil temps and sunshine are really boosting our plant growth right now. Insect and disease pressure in our small grains have been fairly light. I know we're early in the season, but right now it's been definitely a positive. McLennan County Small Grain Field field Day will be held on April 18th at McGregor. The plots there are right on the road on Highway 84. If you're passing through Central Texas, you can look at those plots and the varieties, how they're responding and growing in our environmental conditions. Livestock producers continue to offer hay and supplemental feed to livestock. Our cool season annuals are starting to offer a little bit of grazing. I still see livestock hanging around hay bales, and they'll leave those bales as soon as there's some good grazing out in pastures. I think we're close, we just need a little bit more sunshine. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McLeod of the Waco with Texas A. Today.
4: Calving time is underway for spring calving cows. Dr. Bob Judd looks at ways to resuscitate newborn calves.
9: I know I have talked about resuscitating these newborn calves on the program before, but saving these calves is critical to success in the cow-calf business. First of all, you can usually determine which calves will need to be resuscitated as any calf that is presented breech, oversized, or backwards will likely require some special attention. Dr. Andrew Dan indicated in Bovine Veterinarian, it is important to know what is normal in these calves' behavior so you can detect abnormal. A normal calf should start breathing in 30 seconds after delivery, lift its head in three minutes, be sitting up on its own in five minutes, and standing in one hour. If the calf is not following this timeline, resuscitation should be considered. Any calf that has irregular breathing or will not stand in around one hour and nurse within four hours likely needs resuscitation. Clearing the air passages of mucus after birth is important to aid in breathing, and you can do this with a bulb syringe. You can also get a small oxygen cylinder with a mask you can keep in your truck that will give these calves some pure oxygen short-term to help them breathe better and perk up. Make sure all calves are kept sitting up in sternal recumbency with their legs under them as this allows both lungs to inflate. Although in the past we hung new calves over a gate to allow fluid to drain out of the respiratory system, that practice is no longer recommended. Stimulating breathing by pouring a couple of ounces cold water in the ear or by placing a piece of straw in the nostril is helpful. The drug doxopram can be used to stimulate respiration and epinephrine can be used to open up the airway. So ask your veterinarian about these medications. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: We'll check the markets coming up next on Texas Ag Today. Sometimes you love them, sometimes you cuss them. Here's a look at the markets on Texas Ag Today.
4: Let's wrap up all the market trade from Tuesday, where the cattle complex finished mixed. Live cattle were actually lower across the board, feeder cattle finishing mixed. We'll start with the live cattle where the nearby February was down 12, 185.60. April down 37, 187.72. June live cattle down 52 at 183.57. Feeder cattle mixed with March down 5 cents, 253 even. April feeder cattle up 5, 258.95. May feeders down 25 cents, 261.32. Cash fed cattle still quiet for the week, no sales to report. Feedlots here in the Southern Plains asking 185 to 186. No bids to report from the packers. Boxed beef prices higher with choice up 45 cents, 30224, select up 273 at 29072. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble riley roads live oak livestock three rivers how was your monday sale
10: Market continues to be uh, really good. Lots of demand. The rail figures on the cows are a little bit higher yesterday. I know I guess they were a couple two to four cents higher on the pecker cows and bulls. Getting some more activity each week on the replacement market and then the calf market continues to be very strong. If anything maybe some of the little two to three fifty weight steers and heifers might have been just a touch cheaper than what they have been the last two or three weeks. Uh, But other than that uh, everything was fully steady. Some of the bigger cattle may have been a little bit higher. Are getting some pairs sold now at 1200 up to 2250 on the pairs yesterday uh, the bread cows from 1150 up to 1925 high yielding packer cows 116 to 128 The breakers 104 to 118 canners 84 to dollar two high yielding packer bulls 132 to 138 low to medium yielding bulls 114 to 132 the two to three weight choice steers 334 to 394 effermates three uh 312 to 354 <laughs> three to four weight choice steers 340 to 398, heifer mates 310 to 350. Uh, four to five weight choice steers 304 to 352, heifer mates 256 to 324. Five to six weight choice steers 276 to 318, heifer mates 232 to 270. Six to seven weight choice steers 238 to 282, heifer mates 220 to 248. And the seven to eight weight cattle, uh, choice steers 224 to 246. And the heifer mates 212 to 234. So, real pleased with it. Uh, got along real good. Ended up with 3 uh, so, had good volume and uh, lots of buyer activity. So, uh, had a good Monday.
7: Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Riley Roads.
10: 361 813 one, 6650 is the cell. 361 786 2553 is office. Webpage
5: Neighbor, hey, I'm Larry Marble. That's it for Walking the
4: Pins. We'll see you each Monday through Friday right here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Our lean hogs finished lower. April hogs down 37 cents, 85.90. May was down 37 at 90.37. Class three milk lower also. Nearby February milk off a penny, 16.11. 100 weight with March milk down 36 cents, 17.22. 100. Strong Chinese equity markets and tight U.S. supplies helping to boost cotton up over a dollar at one point. However, on the settlement, we moved just a tad below a dollar. The latest WASDI report showing U.S. carry out at 2.8 million bales. If you put that up against this time a year ago, we had 4.2 million bales. So about half the amount of old crop cotton on hand. That and a strong Chinese stock market helped to push prices limit up on the old crop contracts. May cotton up 400 points, 98.80. July up 400 points, 97.68. While new crop December was up 76 points at 84.77 cents, old crop corn continues to hold above that four dollar level. March finishing one and a quarter higher, 408 and a quarter. May up two at 423 and a half. September corn up three and a quarter, 446 and a half. Wheat markets bouncing back with both hard and soft wheat in positive territory. March Kansas City wheat up 9 and 3 quarters, 593 and a half, new crop July up 9 and 3 quarters at 576 and a quarter. On the soft wheat market, July contract up 9 and a quarter at 586 and a quarter. In the energy markets, March natural gas was up 6 cents at $1.72, April West Texas crude oil up a $1.13. 78.71 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed. Tuesday afternoon, the Dow down 98 points, 38,971. The NASDAQ up 68 at 16,045. The SP up 9 at 5,079. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for joining us for Texas Ag Today. Be
1: sure to follow the Texas Ag Today podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts. For more Texas farm and ranch news, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.